Hi, my name is Ramsey Dean. I'm the clinical coordinator at Frisbee Memorial Hospital's Partial Hospitalization Program, and you're listening to the Rochester Post podcast with Matt Wyatt. Ramsey, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. You have quite a title. Do you want to say that title one more time? Sure. Clinical <laughs> Coordinator uh, with the Partial Hospitalization Program at Frisbee Hospital. See, I thought I had a long title because I think they just tricked <laughs> me into doing two jobs for the price of one. So I'm the Public Information <laughs> and Community Engagement Manager. So it's like, you know, I haven't met anybody with quite such a long <laughs> title before. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what that title means and what you do every day. Sure. So basically, I just I function as the manager for our adult uh, behavioral health partial hospitalization program. So what that means is basically we function like a psychiatric hospital, except the patients don't have to sleep there. So they can come Monday through Friday, 830 in the morning to two in the afternoon and do group therapy, meet with a psychiatrist, get all the benefits of psychiatric hospitalization, and then go home at night and not have to spend the night. Right, which can be helpful for some people that are more comfortable going home, too, and being with their families. So. Yeah, and having time to do errands and like live their life, and yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, we just got through the holiday season, so I know for some, t- for some people it can be a really tough time, and do you tend to see more patients for mental health issues at this time of year, or is that kind of a myth? No, we definitely do see an increase in volume around the holidays. You know, um, so I always like to tell people stress doesn't necessarily cause mental health issues, but it definitely can exacerbate them. And mm-hmm. so you take the stress of finances and obligations and for some people family you know for a lot of people family is you know we love our family but for some people it's a source of stress as well and so all the stress mounts up and then you kind of maybe combine it with an underlying mental health issue and it's just kind of a perfect storm for some people i'm glad you're here because i have a lot to work through so (laughs) let's just start at the top yeah (laughs) that should be my trick with all frisbee people that come onto the show i should just get any kind of medical or health advice (laughs) while i can it's like free healthcare yeah um but to kind of piggyback on that do you think that part of that could just be seasonal so there is a type of major depressive disorder called seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. which um interestingly enough it's it's just depression that happens seasonally um it actually can happen in the the winter or in the summer it's just more commonly seen in the winter so, but I don't think that's the majority of what we're seeing. I would say most of the people, it's, you know, it's just stress exacerbating underly- an underlying condition. Yeah. Um, seasonal affective disorder is, isn't that common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if, um, if it varies on part of the country and climate, you know. Yes, it does. It's more common in, you know, northern climates where there's like less light and, you know, also too people, you know, you're spending more time indoors, you're cooped up, maybe you're not exercising as much, maybe you're more isolated. So, you know, so sometimes I say there's kind of like big D depression, right, where we're talking about like a, a clinical mental health condition that's diagnosable, but then also like little D depression, where it's just, you know, people may have periods of sadness or where life's harder, and where they need a little bit of help, but maybe don't necessarily have like a diagnosable condition. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. And it's always great to just kind of help people work through whatever they might be going through anyway to kind of figure out what, what could be that underlying condition. For sure. Yeah. So I know you talked a little bit about this in the very beginning in the intro, but what exactly is partial hospitalization? I know you said sometimes they're at home, sometimes they're in there during the day, but um, what does the program look like and what should the patient expect to happen while they're there? Yeah, for sure. So the bread and butter of the program is group-based therapy. So the patient's are in five group sessions a day and we kind of run run the gamut so you know some of them are maybe more educational based so like we're teaching you a coping skill or a strategy or a tool that you can use kind of almost like school and sort of talking through okay what's your plan to use this at home how can you implement this you know and then we check back you know so that's a big chunk of it some of them are more supportive in nature so just being around other people that understand you and that get it and that aren't judgmental some of them maybe activity based you know so again we kind of run the gamut but so that really is the meat of the program is these group sessions trying to very quickly how can we give you the biggest tool belt that you that we can so that you feel like maybe things aren't perfect but I have some tools I feel like my head's above water I can live my life and I, I have a direction of where I'm going and I'm okay even though maybe I still have more work to do in individual therapy then in addition to the groups the patients all meet with a psychiatrist at least once a week to talk about can medications also be a helpful part of the treatment Mm -hmm. so you know there the benefit of our program is that there are really big wait lists for psychiatrists are really in demand specialty right now and you know getting into our program you can see a psychiatrist right away so right away you're getting evaluated finding out you know could starting medication or changing meds if you're already on them be helpful um you know because antidepressants for example can take like up to a month to work so getting that started quickly can be the difference between an episode of depression lasting for maybe a month versus lasting for six months or longer because of the delay in treatment so Um, And then also, too, we'll help you with discharge planning. So the patients all will meet with me and talk about, you know, if you don't have a therapist or a psychiatrist, can we help get you one? If you don't have any community supports, what can we get you connected to so that you have some day structure, some sort of things that can make life, you know, meaningful for you when you leave? And then also um, individual sessions once a week. Um, So there's there's a lot going on. They're pretty busy. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that toolbox, too. It's like having that wide array of options because it's not a one-size-fits-all type of situation. Um, And what are some of the most common concerns for patients in the PHP, something like anxiety, depression, or any of those things? What do you, what do you commonly encounter? Definitely. Yeah. So I would say we're, we're very heavy mood disorder. So that's going to be, you know, depression and similar, you know, types of illnesses. So depression for sure. Then anxiety, um, a lot of anxiety with panic attacks. So, you know, people that are, are having panic attacks, Um, So I would say depression and anxiety are definitely the most common. And then we also see people for trauma-related disorders, so PTSD, um, bipolar disorder is fairly common. Uh, What else do we see? I would say those are are the big ones. Some personality disorders, too. But not as common as some of the others. Yeah. 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 Um, So how does someone who is having concerns about themselves or a loved one go about getting into the PHP? And do they need a referral from their primary care doctor or another medical professional? Yeah. So something that's pretty unique about our program is that a big part of our personal mission is that we want to break down barriers to access to treatment. So we don't require any referral at all. And there's 
several different ways that you can access treatment for us. So you can just, the patient can choose whatever they feel the most comfortable with. So they can just call. Um, they can just call us at uh, 603-602-5872. That's our intake line. And if we don't pick up, they can leave a voicemail. We are committed to returning all calls, preferably the same day, but within 24 business hours. So they just, just call, say they're interested. We'll call them back, talk to them just very briefly about the program, get them scheduled to come in for an intake appointment. And this all happens very quickly. We, we don't have a wait list. Um, so they can do that. They can also just Google Frisbee Hospital PHP. So again, just Google Frisbee Hospital PHP. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the first link that comes up, it usually says mental health care in Rochester, New Hampshire. If you click that link, you can actually self-schedule a phone consultation. So you just put in your information, choose a date and time that works for you. And then myself or one of my staff will uh, give you a call at that day and time and and get you going with with treatment. So um, it's, it's pretty easy to get set up and we don't require a referral. That's awesome. Yeah. And what, what happens if they stop going? Does that impact their ability to go again in the future? Nope. So, nope. So for some reason, you know, and the beauty of this program too is, is it is voluntary, right? So everybody right. that's there, you know, wants to be there. They want help. Um, you know, they want to do the groups and stuff. So if at any point, you know, the, a patient decides it's not for them, then um, no judgment at all. Like we're a specialized program. We're not going to be for everybody. Not everybody's going to want groups. Not everybody is going to be in a position to like give up this big of a time commitment because it is every day. We do right. ask that you commit to two weeks. So if you decide it's not for you, we'll help you get referrals to the right level of care for you and we'll wish you well. And if something changes in the future, the door is always open. That's awesome. That's, that's so important, I think, to people that are struggling uh, with whatever they might be going through at the time to just know that they have that support and that there's, yeah. you know, it's not like a consequence to them missing a day or something like that, that you're just trying to do the best that you can to set them up for success. Absolutely, for sure. And, you know, and, you know, you have to be ready for help. And sometimes we're just, we're just not ready, you know? So it's not uncommon that we may have somebody reach out. We may do an appointment with them. You know, they may be on the fence, decide no, and then come back again later, you know? And so right. sometimes it just takes a couple times before we're, we're really ready, you know, for help. So, and that that's without judgment. It just is, is the reality. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I already know the answer to this, but do you have to have already gone through a therapy program or had been an inpatient at an inpatient unit to qualify for the PHP? No, absolutely not. And I would say a big, a lot of um, our patients are coming into treatment for the first time. You know, it might be their first interaction with the mental health system. Um, so nope, absolutely not. Yeah, that's great. So all this intake information is great, but um, once you're actually in, who runs these sessions? Yeah, absolutely. So so we have a pretty small staff. So, um, you know, I'm a, a licensed clinical social worker, um, so I do run some of the groups. We also have another social worker that runs some of the groups part-time. We have a, a recreation therapist, um, which basically is someone that specializes in well-being through the use of recreation so hobbies activities movement things like that that will run some of the groups so we have a a multidisciplinary team of you know therapists and other types of clinicians and clinical staff that run the groups that's awesome yeah it's great to have again that wide array of options Mm -hmm. for people because everybody has a different path to success um if a patient needs to talk after a session can they meet with a social worker somebody like you or a counselor or a therapist afterward yeah absolutely so um our you know policy is that our our doors are always open so um if a patient gets 
triggered in group or something comes up for them, you know, personal that they just need a little more processing time, they're they're able to just access that. You know, they don't need to make an appointment or anything. They mm-hmm. can just see one of us. And usually, unless it's really busy, somebody's available in the moment. Um, if it's something kind of that needs a little bit more time, then they could just, because um, we're there, even though the patients leave at 2.15, we're there until 4. So we can use that time or they can stay after and have a longer session if they need it. We try to systematically touch base with every patient once a week anyway, even if they're not asking for individual attention. So, but yes, yeah, so it is primarily a group program, but there are ways to access individual individual therapy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And probably very helpful for people that are in a group setting and like you said uh you know people get triggered by different content so Mm -hmm. you know they might need that extra support rather than just going straight home yeah for sure you know and dealing with it on their own which they might already be struggling with um so we know frisbee has a behavioral health pod in the er would someone typically be referred directly to a php from the emergency room Yep. So that can happen. So we, um, you know, so Frisbee is owned by HCA Healthcare, who owns Frisbee Hospital, Portsmouth Regional Hospital in Portsmouth, and Parkland Medical Center in Derry. And so the team of clinicians that over, like, will that see emergency room patients, they're called PARS, stands for Psychiatric Assessment and Referral Services. So we work very closely with them. So say somebody comes in for some type of a, a maybe a panic attack or other acute mental health issue, and it's determined that they need some help, but they're safe, they don't need to go to a psychiatric hospital, Mm -hmm. then yes, they can reach out to us and direct refer. um, And and we get patients referred that way all the time. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So now to some other questions. I want to know, well, first I hear that you're from Rochester. Is that true? That is true. Yes, Yes. I am from Rochester. So you went to Spalding High School? I did. Yep. What year did you graduate? 2009. Get out. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 2009. (laughs) Get out of here right now. I'm actually hitting a button under my desk, so the police will be here anymore. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah, it's nice to have somebody from Spalding High School, from Rochester, involved in things like this. Is that what what inspired you to get involved in this type of work? Yeah, absolutely. So... um, I mean, in terms of this type of work, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to be something in the helping profession. So when I went to college, like I had thought about nursing, I thought about education, um, you know, and just kind of took some classes and sort of just landed on social work. I felt like it was the the most broad to kind of encompass all my interests. You know, social workers, we really look at people as individuals, kind of like their whole, take their whole environment into account. And I really liked that model. Um, and then, you know, I've been with HCA healthcare at Portsmouth hospital since 2020, right before the pandemic started actually. And great time to start. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I had done a bunch of different stuff there. I'd done ER work. I worked at our, our partial program, um, in Hampton, uh, New Hampshire, and they were, you know, talking about opening one up here and, I immediately knew I wanted to be a part of it because Rochester is just often an underserved community, in my opinion, that I think gets forgotten sometimes. And so to be able to bring such a great service that I have seen work so well right here to my home community just gives me such a great sense of purpose. So that was what inspired me to want to be involved with the with the program and come to Frisbee. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you brought it back to Rochester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to know a little bit more about like if you couldn't be in this particular position uh, at Frisbee or in any medical uh, setting, what else would you look into? You mentioned nursing or like, what, what would you do if you couldn't do this anymore? 
Oh, that's a that's a big question. What would I? You know, if I couldn't do this anymore, I I'd be I, a millionaire. <laughs> I think you know macro level work, so policy work. You know, maybe even um, politics in some way, getting involved in, in legislative stuff. You know, trying to to think at because we can't. Again, one of the things I love about social work is that we can't just look at people as just like individuals, they live in their environment, right? And so like, do they have access to housing that they can afford? Do they have health insurance? Um, you know, do they have transportation? Do they have meaningful things in their community? You know, these broader systemic things impact our mental health. And so I think if I wasn't doing this to be involved in policy in some way, because we can treat mental health issues all day long, but at the end of the day, if people don't aren't they don't have their basic needs getting met, it's just like playing whack-a-mole trying to treat the mental health. So yeah. I think that's what I would do yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't if I wasn't a clinician. That's awesome. It, was there anybody uh, throughout your life that inspired you to to do what you do today? Uh, definitely my my mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was a single mom, you know, and um, she had kind of a, a harder life. I won't get into into details yeah. here. Well, she's but... listening, so let's yeah. not. Yeah. We won't tell <laughs> yeah. her business. We won't put all her yeah. business on Front Street, but <laughs> um, but just seeing like how you know she always wanted the best for me, how hard she worked to give me the best life that I could have, you know, and making sure that you know I knew how important school was and um, being able to go to college and just so many of the things that like she didn't have the opportunities for in her in her life um it just has really just inspired me to never take anything for granted you know so how do you think she feels when she sees how successful you've been doing this i think she feels proud because she she also she still lives in rochester and so she's um you know i don't want to use the word townie but she knows a lot of people in town i'm a townie i get it i get it (laughs) and so people are always telling me oh i ran into your mother and she just told me how proud she is of you so i i think she's proud so yeah yeah Okay. Hi, Mom. Yeah. 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 Hi, Mom. If you're listening. <laughs> well, yeah. That's all the time we have. I can't believe how much content we just covered in the, yeah. such a short... It felt like it just went by in like two seconds. It but does, yeah. Is there anything else that we should know about uh, the PHP or where would you direct somebody that's interested in learning more? Again, so I would just say, you know, Google Frisbee Hospital PHP, you know, schedule yourself in for a phone consultation, even if you're on the fence, even if you're not sure, even if you just want to ask questions, you're not bothering us, we're not too busy for you, you know, or just give us a call 603-602-5872. We would love to just talk with you, tell anyone you know that might be struggling about our program, even if we're not the right fit, we can help point you in the right direction, so... Yeah, and if you can't find it on Google, just find Ramsey's mom. She's around here somewhere, <laughs> and she'll tell you all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Come back sometime. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, and thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. 